0: tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob On Mike. Good day all and welcome to yet another episode. It's episode three of our 2024 NCAA Men's Division 1-2 Volleyball Season. It's episode 203 college volleyball weekly oh yeah i gotta get used to saying this men's top 20 which sounds awesome so uh with me as always go left to a right on my screen it's jay Hossick of george mason brad mm-hmm. Rossstratter of uc san diego dan friend of lewis and theo edwards of csun good day gentlemen good
1: morning good morning rob
2: I what like a, your
0: other names that I've given you guys. You have the Mighty J. Hossicks, the Almost Buckeye Busters, Brad Brostratter. Then you have the Danalians, and then the Theolites. Those are the new team names I, I'd love to go with. Danalians. <laughs> <laughs> um, would like, I just, can I would I like a squ- revision on that.
3: squash that? <laughs> What's that? I want to just yeah? squash that. Like. <laughs>
4: I I like
2: the Dan aliens. You can't get rid of that. I love
4: (laughs) Dan aliens. (laughs) You guys all suck.
1: The more you protest, the more it stays.
0: I know.
4: I knew that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's an unfortunate that we got to start the, our show with uh, some late news that sad news that broke last week. And it was the passing of Tom Tate of Penn state university. And, um, I, like I said, I don't, didn't know him personally. So I reached out to people who did. And uh, some of the people on the screen actually did live in the area where Tom was. And that would be Jay Hosick back in his assistant days at Penn state. So, uh, but I want to let you guys share anything that you know about Tom Tate, just to honor and remember him. And uh, let's start with you, Jay.
1: Yeah. I, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Tom when I first got the job at, at Penn state and you know, his, his history and tradition with that program Starts all the way back from the beginning. He is the literal godfather of Penn State men's volleyball, and I know that uh, when when the news broke, I know that the Nittany Lion, you know, nation and all them were just heartbroken. Uh, he is a facet day in and day out there. I know that Pav continually talked to them all the time. He came up to watch matches all the time over the years, and you know, for someone who has had their finger on the pulse and helped grow the game to where it is now not only on the east coast but across the country from the very beginning i mean he was there from the 70s uh and and helped build that program it almost was dropped at one point and he put together a campaign and brought a whole bunch of people together and got it to move on to varsity status and and keep the program and obviously you know the success over the years but it's a it's a sad loss uh and and i know that that uh, that we're going to be sending a note to, to Penn State Volleyball and just kind of, you know, showing our condolences and our support of them. And, you know, Tom will not be forgotten. I've had the pleasure of working with some junior national teams over the year as a head of delegates and just a, a really wonderful human being. So it's a really sad loss.
0: Yeah. Any other guys want to chip in?
3: Any thoughts? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Tom was awesome. I had him on a couple of USA uh, U-21, U-19 trips with us uh, as our head of delegation and, Got to learn a lot from him, and I uh, really enjoyed his company. It was just, uh, just a super great human, and so certainly mourn his loss from the volleyball community, and condolences to the Penn State family and all his family at the same time.
0: Yeah, I,
4: yeah. Um, I, I had remember. no idea who he was, and looking him up when seeing that, and you think of Penn State, you know, and you think of Pav and Russ Rose, and just seeing that, like he paved the way for those guys and all the success of the program it's it really speaks to the history and um, it speaks uh, the work that he had to do during that time to get things rolling so um, it was really cool history lesson for me to get to learn about him and obviously thoughts and prayers to Penn State and the Tate family Um, that's a that's a legend right there.
2: Yep. Yeah, I, I never had an opportunity to actually meet Tom. Uh, um, but it a testament to what he has done is I always knew who he was. Um and that's you know, obviously the the things that he did at Penn State, but his appreciation for for men's volleyball and and you know, in getting getting both those programs started there, um, it just shows uh, you know, his legacy absolutely will live on in, in the sense that. He, he really had an impact and there's a lot of people who who have done a lot for our game. And, and um, I think that it, you know, it goes without saying that they need to be remembered. So it's definitely a, a hit for the volleyball community.
0: Well, I learned some things because uh, you know, Pav sent an audio file before he went on broadcast on Saturday night. So I'm going off of memory, but uh, Tom Tate was a all ACC high jumper at the university of Maryland, from which he got his bachelor's degree in 1959 went to Penn State to work on his master's and PhD there, was called in or reeled into the track team. And a couple of women said, hey, can you coach our volleyball team? And uh, this is per Pat. He knew next to nothing about volleyball, but learned enough to get the program going. And then a few years later, the men asked him to do the same thing. Uh, and from there, it's all she wrote, influence the state of Pennsylvania volleyball right there. So look at the impact of one just saying you know what let's do this let's see what we can do and uh you know first i mean when i really started following the game you know, i'm going to date myself here i remember seeing javier gaspar at penn state in the national championship i think it was 84 and uh i guess tom peterson was a coach that was right before Pav. Yeah, correct uh historically so i mean I, look at all the names that have gone through those programs and then I guess the club programs really started to pick up in that area. And think of all the players that have come out from that and the influence that he's had in the entire U.S. volleyball, if not the world, because they did have international players too at the time. So, um, you know, again, as as Brad, so uh, well-stayed uh, prayers to the Tate and Penn State families, and uh, we were thankful we were able to uh, – see the work of Tom Tate and see how that continues to grow being that you know volleyball has been growing so quickly and in some of the high energy and highly enthusiastic sports so um with that uh let's go ahead and move into our our week of action uh which there was a lot and uh some doled out some upsets, others received upsets and uh some just you know put out a great fight but came up a little short so. Let's start with, uh, you know, Dan is in that thinking position, and he's got to be happy coming <laughs> off the five-set victory over BYU. So what matches beyond beyond your own, if you want to mention your own, you still can, caught your eye last week. Well, I, I
3: think I'd be remiss not to mention uh, Mason upsetting Irvine. Uh, <laughs> so that was uh, pretty cool and uh, pretty stoked for Jay and his group, and uh, they really put together a great match. And, Uh, I didn't get to see it personally, Rob, but you were there. Do you know what I mean? And so like, uh, but, uh, (laughs) but that was what I want to mention. So kudos to to those guys. And I think they were coming off, uh, that Santa Barbara tournament. So I think they took that as a learning experience and put one in the bag, which I think will pay dividends for them down the road. And so, uh, and then Stanford, I was watching Stanford because Stanford played Loyola. They had the double header, uh, Loyola rolled in, maybe not their strongest lineup. Then they rolled in that stronger lineup. Uh, and Stanford came out with that win in five uh, and certainly their, their go-to guys between Rotman and Wagner and Litsky setting in the offense. Uh, and then you saw them play Santa Barbara twice. Uh, and again, the same list of guys and they, they beat Santa Barbara in five and Santa Barbara. Uh, we were wondering how that test would be a little bit. And then uh, Stanford won again. And so uh, I think you're seeing Stanford put themselves in that position that. Uh, you know, they're in that top 10 mix and maybe, may head towards the top five before we know it in terms of how they're competing and kind of how they're playing from that standpoint. The other one that I'll mention, maybe lower on the radar, might have. I wanted to see how Lindenwood was going to do against GCU. Um, And then GCU came out with both those wins uh, because Lindenwood's got uh, some older guys. AJ has been there for a few years uh, in some pieces. um, And I was wondering how they would stack up with him, but GCU stayed pretty steady uh, in terms of how they were competing and those same guys producing the numbers that they need to. And, Probably my last one I gotta throw is like Harrington with thirteen aces against Queens. <laughs> so <it's> just <laughs> ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so in terms of that from that standpoint. So so, so that was a little bit of mine. I know there's a ton of volleyball and a ton of stats. So that I'm sure the rest of the guys will
0: cover it all. So let's well, let's let us let us add on to or critique your choices, Dan. Any any thoughts on Dan's choices, you guys? <clears throat> oh wow, silence. Whoa. My no, I, I
2: actually think I actually think uh the, the first one he mentioned, the Mason victory, which which was obviously a, a fantastic win for for George Mason, but uh it stirred some some roster changes. And we, I think we talked a little bit in the in the text thread during that Mason match, we saw some really creative volleyball. And uh we saw at one point Nolan Flexton in the middle, uh in set five, we saw some some just really, really creative things. And, and I think the the conversation that we all had was that in women's volleyball, you do sometimes see this, but it's rare. Um, and, and oftentimes the reason you do see it in, me, in the men's game where you have an outside hitter that can go and be in the middle spot, or you'll see guys switch sides in the blocking schemes, guys playing different roles, different positions, is because the, the, a lot of times the depth is not there. Right. Sometimes your your tallest, your most athletic players are your tallest and most athletic players um, where on the women's side, you know, due to the the increase in scholarships, they have a little bit more depth and potentially more size. than that next player that can go and do it and go and get it. Um, and so it was fun to see. But then, obviously, after that match takes place, Irvine has a setting switch and Brad Stewart now is is starting to run the offense. And uh and doing a really, really nice job. Obviously, they had some some nice wins later in the week. And um, yeah, so I you know, I love to see, especially early on in in the volleyball scheme of things, that as some losses and some wins start to happen, you start to see guys getting opportunities, roster changes, uh, you know, other players getting a chance to step up and, and make a difference. And we're starting to see it already. It's fun.
0: Uh Brad, do you have anything to add?
4: Any no, Continuing kind of the UC Irvine conversation is one of the matches that stood out to me or one of the moments that stood out to me was Hulier Heno setting the Big West service aces record. And, um, you know, Ben Harrington gets 13 aces and then Princeton faces off with Irvine, what, a couple nights ago. And then Heno has nine aces and continues to add to that record. And, um, you know, it's something we've talked about extensively on the show last year and early on this year. But I, I think that performance and that, you know, thinking about he still has lots of time to continue adding to that record is uh, rather remarkable and pretty impressive. Um, yeah. And I think uh, that match was a a really good display of what he can do from the end line and and the uh, stress and pressure that it puts on the opposing team's receivers.
0: Yeah. Jay,
1: I. I- you guys have already talked about my match i don't want to go any further i i'll be real honest with you i was really impressed with lewis and how they handled byu uh byu's a good team and they got a couple guys on there that can just bring the heat he, he's an unsung hero um Capono brown's got a cannon for an arm that kid that kid gets some velocity on his serves and on his swings and it's it's not exactly your prototypical arm swing there's a little bit more arm to it than there is you know the torque and all that stuff but man oh man can that get on it but daniel haber had a real nice match for for dan and hit maybe hit 478 that's that's <laughs> that's slightly above average uh and lewis i think lewis and us are kind of in the similar boat where last year we were in a little bit of rebuilding phases of our programs and, and didn't expect to be maybe in the hunt for anything uh significant but um both programs gain some experience you know you, you take one on the chin a few times you start to learn what it looks like and feels like and next thing you know you're translating into matches and so kudos to dan for beating byu it's not an easy thing to do and and uh, and just stoked for volleyball in general there's a little bit of parody this year which is kind of fun
0: yep well let's go to uh let's go to brad's uh matches he's watching in week two
4: yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't get to watch a ton of, of volleyball, but uh, being able to go back and look at the stats and look at everything. Dan hit most of those matches that were pretty good. I think, obviously, the BYU uh, and Loyola matchup, 9 versus 10, and going 5 and being 15, 13 in the 5th was a great demonstration of top 10 volleyball and and some great performances there. Um, and I think another kind of under-the-radar uh, St. Francis taking a set off Ohio state early in the week, then taking a set off long beach state, um, you know, and then Andrew Dierdorf's, uh had some really good performances in those matches. So I think St. Francis is maybe a team that we're seeing that can be making some moves to moving into that top 20 and, and start to scratch and upset some people as this early season matches are are going on.
0: Yeah. You know, just on the St. Francis, we uh, Irvine, Play them on Wednesday night and Nathan Zinni 14 kills, zero errors, 570 something. Um, and he's got a wicked arm, so I think uh, St. Francis is going to be a really tough team to beat in the NEC this year or even in non conference. So, uh, great, great picks there, Brad. And I'll finish it out with uh, Theo, is it that- yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Um yeah there's a couple of interesting stories right and you guys touched on them a bit um Stanford obviously the rise of Stanford they're they're uh i kind of what jay was talking about you know last year they were good and and but they had some losses that kind of pulled them away from that conversation a bit and they obviously had a late run but just not enough to get them there um uh, but this year i mean Rotman is is playing incredible had against against uh, Loyola he had 20 kills hit 515 um, and it's just that whole team is, is really playing with some charge. It's pretty cool to see. Uh, then you got UCLA, who takes their Midwest swing, goes through Chicago, has a lot of success against both Lewis and Loyola, although those were close battles. Um, but they they survived that swing and, and did a nice job. And then you got that little bit of four square, right? Loyola takes a match from Hawaii. Hawaii loses later on to Loyola. Then Loyola loses to BYU. Then Lewis beats BYU. I mean, you're talking about some real foursquare here. And, uh, and just some fun, like Jay said, some parody, some really interesting volleyball, a lot of really, really talented teams. And it's really exciting for me and I know for our game when you start to see a lot of this action and – you know, if this, like we've talked about, the reason we're at that top 20 is anyone can beat anybody. It's any given night, and uh, it's a lot of fun. This was a great week of volleyball.
0: Yeah. Well, let's bounce over to Jay.
1: You're asking me what matches I'm watching?
0: The ones that, that caught your eye, the results. Even even the Irvine Mason one, that's okay, Jay.
1: No, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> that. I I, I want to talk about the hot teams this week. You know, every year it seems to be there's a little – there's a, a group of teams, a couple of teams that, you know, for a few weeks at a time become the hot team at the moment. I think I think Stanford is that team at the moment that is the hot team to watch. Um, they've had a couple of good wins. I think it was Kosti's first win in Santa Barbara in like 10 years, which is wow. very strange to me. Um, but uh, always nice to go back to his alma mater and get a W. I think Lewis is a hot team right now. They've, they've shown that they've got some pieces. They've shown they've got – the ability to beat big teams uh, and and where that goes from here um, obviously remains to be seen. But you know, I, I have no doubt that Dan, the Dan aliens, if you will, uh, are uh, are going to go out there and give it their all. Here's a team that I think people are not going to pay attention to, but you should. Long Island. I know they went into Long Beach and I know Long Beach handled them. They've got some weapons on that court and they are they got a little outside hitter who is just banging the snot out of that thing. Um, I'd be, I'd be keeping an eye on that team. I think St. Francis and them are going to be the two teams to beat as of today. If you're looking at the NEC, but man, and LIU's got some players. Uh, I, I keep an eye on that team. And here's one that, that is a duh moment, but they're just going to be a steady team. The entire year. Grand Canyon's going to be a handful moving forward. Uh, Gianni, uh, and, uh, and, and Jackson, uh, are a, a formidable duo, their set or slight is kids fun as heck to watch. It slings it around the gym. It's got a real even keel personality on the court. Uh I Grand Canyon's going to be a team that come tournament time, at least in my eyes, they're going to be somebody you don't want to face. So th- those are what I've been watching.
0: Good stuff. And finish out with Brad. Oh, I already went. Oh, I'm
4: sorry. Well, hey, I'm throw out I do more. I do have a follow-up for Jay. Your word of the year is it's not this year? Because it's come up a few <laughs> times already. <laughs>
1: i have a, I have a deal with uh with an nil company a kleenex company, so company. i right? use the word <laughs> scott quite a bit they all of a sudden they start sending me kleenex like crazy so
3: <laughs> i'll throw one more out rob uh, yeah. uh and they're right outside the top 20 purdue fort wayne and njit played and njit one and five um and so we, we we saw njit go on that that swing out west and then come back and play a couple matches and we know Purdue's got some senior, you know, between their middle and Diedrich who takes thousands and thousands of swings. Um, and they've got some nice pieces and a new setter in that group, but uh, both teams that I think for their leagues are going to be pretty tough. And so, and uh, they have some matches coming up this next week as well, but yeah, I just wanted to, I think Alessandro Negro had 26 kills and hit 470 in that match, which is pretty good for them. And so, uh,
0: yeah. Well, a couple topics I'm going to throw out there since we have a little extra time here. It was, we haven't really talked about UCLA, real deal or not. And then, of course, Long Beach State. We talked about LIU, who played against them, and St. Francis, who also played against them. But it was the first couple of matches for Long Beach State. So curious as to uh, thoughts on – well, we'll go with Dan first in on this one since he got to experience UCLA first, stand this last weekend.
3: Well, you see, I watch them on paper and they're, or watch them on video, and they're really, really good. And then playing them in person, they're really, really good. So I, I think – Lots of pizzas, lots of depth. Uh, I think he's trying to figure out the their libero and what that piece looks like. I think Knight played it um, partly because they might have had something going on knee-wise, but he still wanted him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, tough to stop Merrick. And they just serve the ball probably tougher than anybody we face. faced. So, and BYU was pretty good, but, like, they've got a ton of serving pressure coming at you and Ethan's one of the fate my favorite players to watch, Chaplin. Like he just does yep. everything so good. Pass, defense, demeanor, how he carries himself, all the things that kind of come along with that. So they've got a lot of pieces and a lot of spots. And I was super proud with how we battled against those guys. So yeah, I still I think they're legit. I think they're the number one by a couple steps right now. Um, did we put ourselves in a position to, to push them? I thought we did a really nice job, and so but. In order to beat a team, you got to sustain it, and they they're sustaining it. And I'm not even sure they're playing their best volleyball yet.
0: Thoughts <laughs> on UCLA? Any other guys on the screen?
1: How, how could you not call them legit or the real deal? I mean, they return just about everybody. I know they're struggling a little bit with the barrel, but I something tells me they've got a few guys on that bench that could step in at that position and do an okay job. And and I'll be honest with you, I don't think you win with Labarre. Uh, I think you win with pin hitters, but that being said, uh, yeah, UCLA's they're 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 like Dan said. I think they're a little head and shoulders above everybody else right now. And if they haven't played their best volleyball yet, we got a little bit of an uphill climb across the country to catch up to it. But you never know. You can catch them on an off night. They start to hiccup once or twice here and there. You know they might show a little bit of a chink in their armor, but I I doubt it very highly right now.
3: Yeah. How
1: about
2: yeah, Long- I
0: watched
1: – Go ahead. I watched I watched their match against
2: Loyola. Um, and you know dan touched on this a little bit but but the serving is truly probably the most impressive thing especially for this point in the year where if you watch a lot of the box scores i think most teams are struggling with the consistency um but ucla looks as as much like a professional team from the perspective they have six servers and all of them can hit the ball pretty darn well and the service pressure that they put on Loyola, at least, um, I didn't get an opportunity to see Dan's match, but I would imagine it would be something similar, uh, was just really, really impressive. Um, you know. So in addition to that, they obviously have Merrick McKendry, who I think is, is arguably one of the best middles in, in the country at this moment in time. Um, and Andrew Rowan does a, a really nice job. And we all know what Ido is capable of, but I agree with Dan. I don't think they're playing their best ball. And as good as they are at this moment, I think they actually are going to get better. Um, yeah, they're they are number one, and and they're the real deal for sure.
4: Yep. And then yeah, UCLA's I think the top team right now, um, and will be there until someone knocks them off. And then Long Beach Rob, I know um, you wanted to get um, some insight on them and. Watching a little bit of them, you know, against Long Island, they looked pretty clean, pretty efficient, not overwhelming, but really, really steady. And that's kind of been something they've gotten really, really good at um, over the last few years. And then the St. Francis match, they lost the, they dropped a set to them in the third set. But I think St. Francis just kind of dug a little bit more balls, touched a few more balls at the net um, and made some plays, which is obviously going to happen all the time. Um, so I don't think it was them not playing greater them not being a, a strong team or up there in the top one, two, three range, um, like they're currently ranked. So yeah. I think, uh, I think they're, uh, and they kind of have always slowly ramped into the season, you know, playing a couple Canadian teams and I think they have an East coast trip, if I'm not mistaken, this upcoming weekend. So it's, uh, I think they're kind of right on pace with where they expect to be and where I think most of the country views them as a, top formidable team in that caliber.
0: Yeah. Well, after seeing St. Francis and Long Island play, I mean, St. Francis was hanging tight with Long Beach State, you know, in the early parts of the match. But uh, they are now equipped at the outside with Skylar Varga, who was impressive, and a a Bulgarian middle, uh, Lazar Buchkov, uh, and of course, Mason Briggs is really steadies out, but Aiden Knight uh, set a really good match, which I thought was hilarious. We were watching the UCLA Lewis match on the YouTube feed, which is a great, uh, platform to go on Dan and, uh, who pops up Aiden at watching the match. So we're <laughs> shooting comments back and forth. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> but long beach state looks like you, you actually called it. They, they slowly got into the match. As soon as it got to 20, that's when they took over. And uh, they're going to be tough. You know, they're already good out of the gate. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to how much better both UCLA and Long Beach State get. If, if, if you're saying that UCLA still is as good as they can get, I'm like, that's pretty scary because they look pretty good. <laughs>
3: so, uh, like, the YouTube thing we did uh, is actually on Volleyball TV YouTube. And so both matches, our UCLA and our BYU match, have over 22,000 views on that YouTube thing, So, which was pretty cool. Uh, a Volleyball TV to kind of help us use that platform uh, kind of
0: internationally-wise as well. Well, let me ask you this, Dan. I, I, when you mentioned Volleyball World TV uh, last week, I tried to find it through the app. Are they not going to do it through the app? They're just No, we just, the in the
3: short term, we are. That's the next stage this next week. But in the short term, we just went through their YouTube channel because it takes a little things from the backside production-wise to get done. But I think this week they're working on putting it actually on the app and it would be in front of the paywall
0: uh, on the app as our, rest of our season goes on. So, Great. Uh, and with that, let's pick our top players of the week. And I think there's been a pretty strong pattern. And I'm curious if you guys are going to go along that pattern here that I've been recognizing when putting down the stats. So uh, let's start with uh, Jay, some p- top players of the week. And you can go one or two. I like putting the graphic up because that's been getting a really good response. So.
1: I'm going to go with two. I got Luke Benson for BYU. He had 21 kills, four aces against Loyola. Uh, That's a pretty good performance. My second one is Dan's kid, Daniel Haber, hit 478 against BYU. Um, It's a sign of good things to come. He's a sophomore uh, and he's a a fiery little competitor. So those are my two players of the week, but there's a lot to choose from.
0: (laughs) All right, let's go over to Brad.
4: I got Will Rotman. 22, oh, yeah. 16, 20, 22, 16, like, and it's no surprise. He's a stud outside hitter. He's really good, really talented. And serve receive uh, him and Litsky of their connection seems to, have, to really have gotten super consistent um, throughout this year. So will Rotman is my choice.
0: I'll jump on that because of the first point collegiate challenge coming this weekend in Austin, Texas, where we'll be seeing Stanford, UCLA, USC, Ball State, Ohio State, and Penn State. So, I'll talk a little more about that later. Let's go over to Dan. Well, Rotman was my guy. And
3: so now I've, uh, I hate that when that
0: happens, <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Poaching out of the portal.
3: Come on. <laughs> uh, right. So you're going to go to Theo and then I'm going to. Yeah.
2: I, I, I can step in here. I I'm, I'm going to go Nolan Flexton, 20 kills, uh, with only two errors hitting 667. uh, one hell of a performance. And, I think I want to throw in there too, for the guys that are listening. Uh, So Nolan Flexton had a really interesting journey path in terms of where he been started at Grand Canyon, attempted to get into Irvine the first time around it didn't end up working out after taking a year off, ends up going to masters, was at the masters last year, then comes back to Irvine. And for the last, however long, that was a, if you went to three, four-year universities, you had to sit for a year. That was, that has been the rule for a really, really long time. Um, the NCAA just passed, uh, you know, in the last month or so uh, that now, if you transfer, they're pulling those restrictions away. As long as you're eligible, as long as the academics are there, uh, they're allowing you to go ahead and, and compete. And so Nolan Flexton, one heck of a volleyball player, we, would, we wouldn't be seeing him right now. Um, and with these rule changes, He's able to get out there and and obviously make his mark and and he's having having a you know obviously a huge impact on Irvine's roster and twenty kills six sixty seven I think there isn't a team in the country that can't use that so that's Nolan Flexton for you uh, and then I'm gonna go Patrick Rogers Ball State uh, fourteen kills against Brad's U C S D Tritons um, he hit five fifty uh, really really impressive numbers. And I uh, had a great match. So those are my two. Dan, I hope I bought you enough time.
3: You bought me enough time. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I got two. I got Ito David. Um, his five aces against us were pretty key. And two of them came at the end of game four to kind of cinch the match. And then he had zero errors against Loyola and hit like 600, uh, which was pretty key in that match for them. Uh, and then my other one is Jacob Pasture. And he had two twenty 20-kill nights. Uh, they were pretty against key Brad. and certainly carrying. And one yeah, on Brad. Yeah, uh, what's
4: going on? <laughs> All the guys. Just... <laughs>
3: uh, but yeah, double double, twenty kills, ten digs against Brad. Sorry, Brad. So, uh, <laughs> and then uh again had twenty three kills, hit five fourteen, uh, against St. Francis. So uh, pretty key in their their two victories. No, so, I'll I'll
0: jump in the opportunity to add on to the Brad jump on Brad moment. I'm actually talking to Jacob later today. a mini episode for first
4: point collegiate challenge so i'm gonna ask it about the san diego match (laughs) perfect yeah no he's i mean he's a hell of a player and yeah and even on theo's point pat rogers played great and really all of Ball states offense played really great i mean they uh they played really well against us but jacob uh he's got a, a great calm demeanor on the court and um he's so steady so consistent as dan knows firsthand through the last three or four years he's He's a hell of a player.
0: Yeah, without doubt. Uh, Ohio State looking good here. Uh, Do you guys expect or suspect that there will be a lot of shifting in the ABCA poll this week? Because we actually meet, for all you who didn't know, we meet before the poll comes out. So, um, you know, obviously with the upset of Irvine, ouch, and then uh, (laughs) BYU being beat by Lewis, uh, was there enough uh, big upsets to, to shift it around a little bit, you guys think? I think Ohio
3: State might jump up a spot or two. They would be the one, like this no losses yet, and you know, Irvine with the loss, and like, and then there might be some move in the, the mid pack, like up and down between the mid, and then some move between the the lower pack. I think that's how you'll see it. I don't think you'll see somebody go from like sixteen to five or something. I just think you're going to see some some small shifts in terms. That's what the twenty allows you to do a little bit too. I think from that standpoint. So
1: yeah, I I like, agree with that. I I don't think. You know, in days of old, you might see a little bit of the bigger jump, but the, the, you know, being on the voting committee, you know, you're looking at 20 teams now and you're looking at two, three game match weeks where a lot of those teams, maybe one, two, lost one, maybe one, one big one, but lost two uh, or maybe, you know, one lost one, like there's all these things that are happening and they're all happening to each other with the exception of the top. Three, four, five teams, uh, so it's making the voting really uh, important. And I and I don't mean important like the, in the grand scheme of things. If a team doesn't get recognized, it's it's a tragedy, a tragedy. But what I'm saying is, you need to be paying attention. Uh, and I think there's some really uh, some good matches coming up that are going to maybe shuffle the deck a little bit more in the coming weeks. But the fact remains is it's awesome to see, uh, and it's giving you know, these teams, a little bit of a fighting chance when they see a number next to their name, even if it was number 19, you're number 19. That's not a bad place to be. So uh, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to watch.
0: That's a great point because actually watching some of the matches, like uh, use Brad, not jumping on you, Brad, actually going to commend you on this one, but let you see how good the teams are. They're battling the top teams to five sets and going deep into the fifth for a decision to happen. And I think, like, for instance, UC Santa Barbara is going through that right right now. They're battling up 2-0, lose the next two, battle in the fifth and lose it, and you can't discredit that team.
1: I I agree, and and I'd love to see something come down in the future. I don't know if this is ever going to happen in men's volleyball, but it'd be pretty cool to see. Kind of like how hockey does it uh, overseas. If you win in three in their gym, you should be awarded a certain amount of points for that win. If you win in three at home, maybe not as much. If you win in five in their gym, if you win on a neutral court, if you lose at home, it, all these things should have some kind of a point system attached to it so that you could really start to see like, well, that's not an easy win for that team or geez, that team should have, you know, should have been a little bit better than losing at three, you know, on at home. Like there's, there's all these things that could give a little bit more in depth perception as to what people are seeing and teams can do. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's actually interesting, Jay. That's you know that's obviously how it's done in professional, right? Overseas and in all of the, all of the big leagues, you get points for how many sets you win, um, and so it, it helps it helps really clarify the standings. Uh, and going to five is is something you'd be rewarded for because it's much better than losing in three. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of insight, the Big West, we are actually testing that out this year behind closed doors and looking at anymore you opened it (laughs) well what i mean what i mean by by that is it's not we're not we're not actually putting it out there right so that we're going to take a look at how the season would have played out if we had done it that way versus how it plays out doing it the way it has been done um and the the conversations that we're having is that this may be the future for the big west and Um, I think it's for sure something that we should probably follow suit we follow suit on almost every other thing that FIVB and the professional circuit does so why not make this another one you know
3: I think it makes sense like from a conference standpoint I I don't know if it would make sense from a national standpoint like I only bring this up because like say you're UCLA and you want to play uh somebody who maybe you know is not at your level and you want to play your second group and you may drop a game like so when you got like when you're professional and you do it, you don't, you're not dropping your, you have 14 guys, 12 guys, you're going to play your best lineup all the time. You want to win every match. Like you don't carry 20, 25 guys. And you're trying to get reps for the freshmen or things like that. So that would be the only thing in terms of saying that side we're in conference though so You don't do that very often. It's like, I got to win every game now or however I got to win it. So you play your strongest lineup. Do you know what I mean? In terms of that. Yeah,
1: so, good yeah. point. Very good points. It'd be great to see. I, I'd love to see how we, how it would shake down in the IBA. So we might, uh, we might be making some phone
0: calls here and getting some insight. Well, only thing I'll add to our week two look uh uh results is Libro that stood out. Jay's guy, Paul with um, did a great job against us. But I see the way the moves he's making, the balls he's getting up and him and serve receive was amazing to see. I'm like, wow, I mean Merck's in the conference with you, so he kind of is getting a lot of the attention, but gosh, watch watch Jay's guy, Vacinsky. Um, also regarding Nolan flex and obviously getting to see that first hand, there is one ball on against Princeton broken play full out of system, just a high bump set. Well, well, like a two in the middle triple block goes up on Flexen, he hits over the block in like 15 foot line. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before because he's getting so high above the net, um, that even though the Princeton players are looking at each other, like, what else can we do? You know, <laughs> Um, but I also want to acknowledge, uh, there were some records, uh, broken last week and someone alluded to it earlier and I, I didn't see it immediately because of the timing of Hawaii's finishing of the match on Friday and me prepping for this, the Irvine match on Saturday, but, uh, Luis uh, Sakonoko also had nine aces, uh, against Emmanuel on Friday night. And then Heno got nine aces against Princeton, which they basically tied the big West, uh, per single match record for aces. Uh, I Want to also recognize that Halir Heno, midweek against St. Francis, set a new All Big West career ace record, surpassed Ryan Wilcox's former number of 135 over a five-year career. Heno did it in two years and like two matches. So and then he ended up getting nine on Saturday night. So uh, a lot more to go for Heno. So great work by all those individual athletes who played well and. Telling you Sakonoko, that is one boy who can hit the spit or snot out of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that, let's go into our what you're watching in week two, and there is a lot. So feel free to to name a few. So uh, looking ready now is Dan because he's just like staring at the screen with intensity. <laughs> well, I don't want to take them all, but we're. I'm going
3: to bring up the first point challenge. Like, I mean, it's. You got uh, Ohio State versus UCLA. You got Ball State versus USC. You got Penn State versus Stanford. Uh, and then the second round becomes Penn State versus UCLA, Ohio State versus USC, and Ball State versus Stanford. So, what talk about some? Hopefully, you're there, Rob. Like
0: talk about some great volleyball. <laughs> like, uh, well, uh, you know, I don't want to go away from your picks, but um, I, I wanted to, to somehow communicate the importance of that event this, Is it the Southwest uh, Regional Qualifier for Boys Club Volleyball? Right. And because Texas doesn't have high school boys volleyball. And the fact that this is being held there, it's a very, could be an influential event for the area. Yeah, being somebody that
3: played in it last year, it's it's a great event. And Glenn Litsky and his wife do a fantastic job. And First Point and Wade do a great job. And uh, just, uh, I think it's a great event for the area. And they're really working on, growing boys volleyball in texas and we had a great turnout when we played in those matches and they did they did did such a phenomenal job so uh yeah it's really good all right other
0: picks so we don't diverge away from
4: yeah i'll jump in here and uh i i obviously knew at least rob would be shouting out the first point challenge so i i stayed away from those ones (laughs) you guys can keep talking more about those um but I think McKendree Pepperdine is going to be an interesting one seeing how those matches go through Um, Pepperdine had a good win against uh, LMU I think last night or two nights ago um, really quickly um, and kind of seeing some new faces Cole Katrzyski is getting in for them um, seeing how that group and that lineup starts coming together for Pepperdine against McKendree who I think uh, can have some big wins this year for sure and then uh, Jay continuing his quest to take down all of the Big West and and destroy the big west is, is going to continue with uh getting to go up against long beach as well i, I that'll be a, a good one for me that i'll be enjoying to watch and then i'll save my other one but I'll, i might if it doesn't get shot out i'll come back all right let's go to jay then since he's uh, been called out taking down the big west
1: well listen <laughs> it's uh we, we didn't take down everybody i didn't even beat brad so that didn't matter and i didn't beat santa barbara um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out two matches only because the other ones are, everybody's picked. The Fighting Sam Schweiskies <laughs> against the theo Whites and the giant killer Brad Rostrader ensemble, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Princeton's a good team, uh, and they're obviously in the beginning part of their year. Their road trip to California every year, not like normal road trips where the team stays together everywhere. The team kind of scatters and stays at You know, various homes, there are a bunch of guys from California there. Uh, but they play a a bunch of teams, and this is the second week coming up. They're gonna be playing at Northridge and at San Diego, and uh it'll be interesting to see does Harrington continue his serving prowess kid is bombing balls. Um, and I'm interested to see what Almeni starts to do. He's he's not been a giant presence yet, but man, does he get up in the air? Uh, and Wedbush runs a really good offense. He's got good hands. He's he's smart, uh, and he's got a little moxie to him, which is kind of fun to watch. So those are the two matches I'm going to be keeping an eye on most.
0: All right, that bounces it over to Theo.
2: Yeah, I definitely be watching that Princeton and San Diego match um, because that's how we are going to prepare for sure. <laughs> uh, I think Princeton is a really good team, so that's going to be a fun one. Uh, BYU and Santa Barbara. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup too, right? Luke Benson and and Bianchi. Uh, I think those, you know, they got a lot of firepower on both sides of the ball there. And I think that'll be a fun one. And I think the third one that I'm going to shout out is Damon and Harvard. Um, Harvard's a really talented team. You know, we we went four with those guys this week and uh they went four also with USC. And I it'll be interesting to see how that team develops. They got two really, really fantastic middle blockers. Um, they have some, they have some consistent serving pressure they got a great, talented lefty setter. Uh, that's a really good team. I think it'll be interesting to see how they match up with Damon.
0: Good calls. Um, I'm going to throw in there. Yes, I'm watching all the first point challenge, but I'm going to look at particular athletes, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys know more than I do, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Ball State, and I'm really hoping that Tina and Davas Acheva shows up, is able to play. I, I know there's a situation there that is getting worked through, but, gosh, that, that team becomes – So much better if he's on the court for them. So, really looking forward to hopefully seeing Mr. T on Ball State playing USC. From what I hear, he's going to be there. So, wearing a uniform with shoes on and playing? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No guarantees. It's just what I heard. So, yeah. That's excellent news to hear. And of course, uh, everyone's watching UCLA Penn State, but I'm watching one matchup and the two of my favorite Middles to watch, Merrick McHenry and Toby Ezeonu. I mean, between the footage that I captured of both of them last year, these guys play at the waist above the net, and I want to see how they play against each other. So definitely two little pieces of this weekend, and hopefully get some content out and be watching your guys' matches when I can. So <laughs> <The last laughs> i have it match, on courtside. I, I got one left, Long Island and Lindenwood, because I think Lo-
1: Long
3: Island beat Lindenwood last year. Uh, oh. So it's kind of a rematch, I believe. So uh
0: should be a good one. So. Yep. Hey Brad, you're on actually tomorrow quickly for Princeton, right? Is that a Tuesday match for you?
4: Yeah. Tuesday match, early match at five o'clock with like Jay mentioned, kind of their uh their uh travel patterns uh when they come out west. It, it makes their life a little bit smoother as they're Excellent. navigating all of Southern California.
0: <laughs> Any other items to be discussed, gentlemen? Last call. Not far this- away.
1: I want to give I want to give a quick shout out to ESPN Plus. Their coverage of men's volleyball. I know, I know we've been talking a little bit about volleyball world. They've been doing a great stuff, but um I really got to give a shout out to ESPN Plus. Uh the quality of the coverage, the quality of the streaming has been really, really tall, really solid from top to bottom. Uh and it's pretty nice when you just speak into your remote, you know, ESPN Plus, and all of a sudden, boom, everything's lined up there in front of you. It's amazing technology these days. I know I'm kind of a dinosaur and I'm used to looking through the reader's digest and hope that I see something I like. It's pretty nice to just speak into the microphone and get what you want. So shout out to ESPN plus great job out there.
0: Better technology than the clapper that you used to use, huh, Jay? <laughs> I still <sold laughs> have one of those. That's funny. you mentioned them.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I, I think this might be a topic for next week, but we have, we've chatted a little bit about the challenge system uh, in the past. And it is a great addition to our game. Um, I do think that at some point we have to iron out some sort of time frame, um, some sort of a way to take a look at that challenge quickly and get the game going again. Um, we ran into some real hiccups this this past week. and uh, I know that I have heard in, in past, you know, in past seasons when we were first implementing this, I think it was very new. And so it was kind of like, hey, it's just great that we have it. And now that we're starting to get it kind of across the board at at all gyms, starting to come up with some sort of a a streamlined way so that we can challenge plays and get the game going again quickly. I'm not exactly sure how we do it, knowing that everybody has a different system, but I do think that it's, it's important for the viewership and for sure for the people, the fans that are actually at the match.
0: Yep.
3: Theo, did you have a couple long ones? We had a
2: couple that went that went at least ninety seconds or longer. Um and it was of, just,
3: all of ours, have been super smooth, like maybe less than thirty seconds. But yeah, I, see, I do think it's the systems. Like we've got Echo, and there's eight cameras, and so, and you got refs that are used to it operation wise, and an operator that's used to it. So I think all those things play into that. Sometimes that's where the the tough thing about the time thing on the flip side is if you don't have all those things, then you're negating the ability, like in terms of the operator and like all that stuff to be good. So
0: see my only complaint for ESPN plus more coach views, close-ups of the coaches, so we can get the two shot of the good looking guys on the podcast. That's that's my only complaint.
4: <laughs> Rob, one last thing. Um, we've been on the road the past two weekends and I think every time around this year, like, we go out and go do different things, see a lot of different teams, different families, different parents, and, um, you know, we receive a few notes. But just kind of thankful for all the viewers and all the support that we get on this podcast. And um, it's super positive, except for the people talking trash about Jay. But other than that, it's, like, super positive, really cool. That's, <laughs> and- the,
3: that's the best part. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why do you think we keep it? Do you know what I mean? So-
4: <laughs> but, yeah, it's just – I mean, it's fun to hear that people enjoy listening to us hang out and talk volleyball because I feel like it's just us hanging out weekly and (laughs) forget that other people are listening to our conversations every once in a while.
0: Yeah, we definitely got a lot of notes this last week. And so I worked three matches and, you know, some people from the stands came down. Are you Rob? I just want to say thanks to your coaching panel you guys are a great group of guys there's a great chemistry they enjoy the con conversations and the banter they said we need to stop picking on
4: jay though so that's why
0: brad you are <laughs> all right. it today.
4: but uh but on that note like rob makes this so easy on us and we didn't get i didn't get to watch a ton of volleyball this weekend and rob has it all broken down so that i can come into the office 30 minutes early look through everything and at least pretend to sound like I know something that happened this weekend. Um, So (laughs) thank you, Rob, for all you're doing for that. And all the compliments we get is a testament to you. Honors all mine.
0: Work with guys like you guys.
4: Yeah. I, I, there's not a week that goes by during men's
1: season that somebody somewhere comes up to me, whether I'm in an opposing gym or in our own gym, and they say how much they appreciate the show and, and all the insights that we bring. So yeah. And Rob, you do make it easy for us. Thank you
0: hey you guys are the best in the game love to have you guys on so uh with that best of luck in week oh three and um look forward to chatting next week and uh we'll see if we can get some other good news some big items and some some nice topics and in fact if you guys do have topics you want us to you know throw at the coaching panel feel free to dm me or even put on comments on volley talk oh yeah i still go there (laughs) and then uh you know we'll love to get in front of these guys they have a great insight and uh, experience as well so uh gentlemen good luck enjoy the rest of your days and i'll catch you next monday good luck guys yeah good luck thank you rob thanks for listening to college volleyball weekly be sure to follow rob asparo at the rob on the mic on instagram and at rob on the mic on twitter